Hello, this is Anne, the Multimedia Director of Kearney First United Methodist Church, and you're listening to our Sunday Morning Sermon Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and uplifted as you listen to this sermon. Thank you for turning in. Let us pray. God, you speak to us as we read Scripture. Send your Holy Spirit to open our ears, hearts, and minds, so we may hear your message for us today. Amen. Today's scripture reading comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 and 16, and 21 and 23, through 23. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed in it at his coming. As obedient children, do not confirm to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who has called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, Be holy because I am holy. Through him you believed in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sensed love with each other, love one another deeply from the heart. If you have been born again, not of perishable seeds, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Nate. It's just the microphone that makes your voice sound like that, right? Can can I get his mic next time? So I wanted to at least say this, that uh, there is a piece on the website, uh, if you look under carneyfirstumc.org, then go to about, and then pastor's blog, so that's two clicks, uh, and there'll be a piece about this sermon series and a little bit about what we're working on, uh, and that covers kind of a little bit of last week, plus just kind of direction where we're going with some extra questions and all the scriptures in case you wanted to read them uh, and ponder them throughout the week. But let's pray. Holy Spirit, breathe in me and breathe in us that as we ponder together Scripture and who you call us to be, that we would sense your Spirit leading and forming and guiding us this and all days through Jesus we pray. Amen. When I was a teenager, I mowed lawns uh, for a summer and spring and fall job, uh, mostly at the instigation of my grandmother, uh, who thought that was something that was good for me to do. So my grandmother, before I could drive, my grandmother and my grandfather, would uh, uh, one of them would drive me to the lawns, uh, lawn jobs, and then they'd often, maybe they'd help or they'd tell me what I missed or they'd sit in the car and wait uh, or talk to the people that I was mowing for. My grandpa, though, always managed to be the one who drove on Thursdays, because the, uh, I think, because that was the day that I mowed for Millie. Uh, and Millie, she had great snacks. Uh, so uh, we would, I would go and mow the yard, and uh, he would often, if she was there, she'd invite him in, they'd share snacks, uh, and then she'd give me snacks when we got done. Sometimes we'd sit and talk for quite a while. I often scheduled her at the end of the number of jobs I had to do so that we could uh, have more snacks, uh, ice cream sandwiches, uh, sodas, or pops, or uh, sometimes she would make grebel, which is a German fried pastry dough thing. Uh, and 
one time when we were there, I remember, and maybe it was because he had been talking about how he was going square dancing that night or that weekend, but Millie says, oh, oh, I, I don't dance. And I don't remember if this actually happened or I just, uh, it's how it now happens in my memory, but she says, I don't dance, I'm Methodist, which was funny to me and like for us here, but I was sitting next to my grandpa most every Sunday, and I didn't remember ever seeing her and didn't remember dancing coming up often. And now today we sing a song about dancing. Wow. So it seems like Millie had this rule uh, that to be a certain kind of Christian person meant no dancing. And that might seem like a, a, a rule that makes perfect sense, or it might seem like it's not at all what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Some of us might look at it and think that it looks kind of silly, and maybe we'd also look, uh, look at that and say, well, if that's what the Christian life looks like, this person looks like she's uh, too heavenly-minded to be of any earthly good. And that's part of the challenge for us together as Christian folk and church particularly because there is sometimes this sense in which all Christian folk get lumped together and they view, people view the Christian life as a, a life that's filled with an ever-increasing list of rules for us to follow, rules that sometimes feel like they don't make sense in our lives. And so it is uh, worthwhile for us to think about how we're perceived and also what it means to be Christian folk as we're thinking about what does it mean for us to be First United Methodist Church, this particular Christian folk. And that is this series, and so we began last week with uh, foundational statements about uh, our identity in Christ, that God calls us and creates us to be a community who love God, love our neighbors, and grow as disciples of Jesus, who help other people grow as disciples of Jesus. But now it is for today and for the next couple of weeks uh, seeking to say, well, what does that actually look like? Or in what spirit do we live out our identity? Or what characterizes us as a people particularly who seek to love God, love our neighbors, and make disciples? Because that's fairly bland. Peter writes to the early Christian community that is spread out uh, and in the midst of a people who don't necessarily live, believe, or worship like they do, uh, that are spread out across the Mediterranean coast of what is now Turkey. And he writes uh, first and introduces them, proclaiming that God has given them a new birth through the resurrection of Jesus. And almost immediately within that first chapter, and this first chapter bleeds into what we now call the second chapter, uh, where uh, Peter has essentially said and repeats and elaborates with God has given us a new birth uh, so, through Jesus' resurrection. So let us be holy as God is holy. So who are we as First United Methodist Church? 
We're a people marked with holiness. There it is. Easy peasy. Except that still gets us back on kind of this trouble that we started with, which is what particularly does this holiness mean? And if we're not careful, it might make it sound like we have a whole lot of work to do. We're especially boring people, and we could end up being too heavenly minded to be of any earthly good ourselves. So what does Peter mean when he says, be holy as God is holy? Now, we might at first have heard that and thought, oh dear, holiness means perfection, and perfection means I have to try really hard, and I have to do everything flawlessly, and feel bad and uh, guilty every time I do anything wrong, because that's perfection. And yet, perfection is a different word in Greek, uh, which uh, probably means uh, to fulfill uh, an end, which means that maybe we've been too hard on that word perfection, and yet Peter doesn't use that word at all. Instead, he uses a, a Greek word that is related to a Hebrew word that uh, ultimately means to be set apart for a purpose. So while we've heard this language of holiness uh, and started to feel its pressure, uh, in part we may have created that pressure. And instead, we recognize with Peter that holiness is to be set apart for a purpose. And so we see Jesus, through his resurrection, being the way that God gives us new birth, and Jesus making us holy or setting us apart for his purpose. And then Peter continues and says, since you have uh, shown your love for one another, I see your holiness. And so what he essentially is saying is God is making you holy, and the evidence of that holiness is your capacity to love. To love like Jesus does. To love each other. Now admittedly, we still run into a little bit of that same trouble. That if we say that we're a people marked with holiness, then it does uh, sort of have a ring to it that we need to be clear about. Uh, because if we uh, start talking with one another at our kitchen tables or Sunday school classes or small groups or with other folks, and they say, what's your church like? Well, we're a people that are holy. That might have some ring and raise some eyebrows with some folks. And it might be that we will sound like we're trying to be especially rule-driven. And so I know I'm belaboring that point, except that I think it's really important for us if we say that we're people marked with holiness, particularly what we mean and what we don't mean. I met a person not so long ago that told me about how they'd grown up and lived through uh, most of their adult life, uh, and it was quite a long life uh, in United Methodist churches, and yet had only really discovered God's grace 
when attending a different congregation. So remember last week we talked about how we believe that we are saved by grace, uh, God's grace alone. We are justified and saved by grace. God's action is what saves us. And yet, this person really felt a burden being in United Methodist churches because she, uh, they had felt like they were always told to do something else, to be more perfect, uh, and to be holy in the sense of perfection, even though that's not how we understand the word. We have to somehow do more godly things in order to be seen as worthy or accepted by God, or to do more godly things in order to be saved. Which is ironic, really, considering that United Methodism and Methodism at its core has been about God's activity, God's grace active in our lives in the world. And so the risk is, is that we are a holy and holiness movement, and that we need to be clear that being a holiness movement isn't about somehow earning God's salvation. It isn't somehow about making ourselves something particular that God likes or loves, yeah, but instead we are people presenting ourselves before God to be set apart for a purpose. Bishop Will Willimon describes holiness in this way in his book, United Methodist Beliefs. Holy living is God's love perfected in us as we testify to that divine work through our love of God and our neighbor. So holy living is God's love perfected in us. It doesn't say holy living is God's love that we perfect in ourselves. It's God's love that God perfects in us. As, and it's seen when we live with love of God and neighbor. That fits right with where Peter is. And then we see that John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, says that uh, the gospel holiness is no less than the image of God stamped upon our heart. Again, if we've uh, thought that holiness was something we do, Wesley says ho gospel holiness is nothing less than the image of God that is stamped upon the heart. And it is no other than the whole mind which was in Christ Jesus. And what's important to hear in both of these is that holiness is God's work in us. That God first gives us new birth through the resurrection of Jesus and then continues that new birth growing us in holiness. Setting us apart little by little for the purpose of revealing God's grace for others. God gives us new birth. Jesus makes us holy. And that holiness is revealed through our love of others. Perhaps we can think about being a people marked with holiness like sanding blocks of wood. So I don't know when you learned to sand blocks of wood or if that's ever been a thing you did. I did. I learned it when I was young and in Cub Scouts uh, making those regatta balsam wood block boats and then the really fun, fast pine wood derby cars. 
So I would go to Grandpa's house. He had the bandsaw. We'd cut the, the shape out, and then we'd, he would give me the sandpaper and say, there's more sandpaper in the drawer. Uh, get to work and sand it until it's smooth. And I would get the sandpaper and go this way and this way and this way and this way. And Grandpa would no sooner get to the door than he'd see what I was doing and turn around and say, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not, that's not how we sand. You sand with the grain. And so I wonder if holiness is God sanding us and making us smooth so that the image of God can be seen, stamped in us. And that our work isn't stamping the image of God in us, and it's not growing a heart like Jesus by our own worth and merit, but instead our work together as church who are marked by holiness is a turning of the block of wood that is our lives to align ourselves with God's grain of the universe. See, God does that sanding, but our orientation toward God's sanding work is the way that God does holiness in our lives. So God begins this work, giving us new birth through Jesus, and Jesus continues to make us holy through the power of the Holy Spirit, and us, we have only this work of orienting ourselves to God's sanding work. So being a people marked by holiness for us is about coming to know God little by little more and then seeking to let that knowledge shape our living and our loving. And that's why we talk about being a people of practice, a people through which our practice has become our orienting toward God's sanding, holiness-making work in our lives. So we seek to listen to God through our scripture reading so that we can know God, and that in knowing God, we can live like Jesus lives and loves. And we seek to know God through our talking with God in worship and prayer so that we can know God in our knowing love like Jesus loves. We seek to know God through our serving and our kindness and our generosity and that in these they become the ways through which we live Jesus' love. Perhaps then it's like last week in worship when we had the children's time and I made sure to bring all the children all the way up back here and see everything and to talk about the table and God's work. Being a people marked by holiness uh, is a, being a people who know that God in our baptisms names and claims us each as God's own and gives us mission and purpose. And because we know this, we seek to live into it by making space and invitation for young people to see that this could be uh, a place for ministry for them. 
That's why we seek to have uh, people like Nate lead and Perry pray and worship because uh, we seek to recognize and live into the reality that God gives us each a calling and gifts for ministry. It's why we've been uh, building groups of lay people in conversations and small groups, and it's why we've been helping to uh, have youth help with the East Lawn Food Pantry Ministry on Sundays. And it's why we have on our website in the offering tab a section where we can each sign up for ways to participate in ministry together. Holiness is coming to know something of God, and then, by God's grace, living it out. It's never been about perfection but about orienting ourselves toward God. And this does require a deep amount of humility and a little bit of persistence, that we become this people of practice, uh, not because these practices make us worthy of God, not because our practice or our prayers or presence or gifts or service or witness, be, that they somehow make us earn God's saving work, but instead we are people of practice in response to a God who is already saving us. And that saving looks like holiness, being set apart for the purpose of loving others. So I'm not really convinced, by the way, of Millie and her stance on dancing, though I don't enjoy dancing. But... There was something beautiful that happened in that conversation. She obviously had a sense of who she knew God to be and was seeking to live that out. And she shared it. But she didn't get in an argument with my grandpa about how he was uh, sinful and going to hell because he was doing that. And I thought that was fascinating. And it stuck with me all these years. Because I think this journey of being a people marked by holiness uh, requires humility. To recognize that we're on this journey together of seeking to know God and to live God's love. But we might come to some different conclusions sometimes. And yet, it's not our conclusions that God measures. Instead, it's our commitment to loving Jesus and loving our neighbors, and growing as disciples of Jesus with humility and a commitment to orient ourselves toward God's holiness work. Maybe so. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have found the topics mentioned today to be thought-provoking and meaningful. For more information about our church, ministries, and upcoming events, check out our website at carneyfirstumc.org. If you'd like to join us on Sunday in person or on live stream, our traditional services are at 8.15 and 11 a.m. and our modern service is at 9.30 a.m. We look forward to seeing you next week. And until then, go in peace and may God bless you. <laughs>